In this series called That's Life, our key text was Ecclesiastes 8.14, which says, sometimes something useless happens on the earth. Bad things happen to good people. Good good things happen to bad people. So we began the series talking about the reality that uh, everything gets broken in life. You have ups and downs. You have bad days, bad weeks, bad years, sometimes bad life, right? You don't have to live life long before you get... You get punched in the ribs. You get kicked in the ribs. You go through a bad situation. You can't get through life without getting broken in life. Because we live in a fallen world. We have sinful people. It's inevitable that you're going to get hurt in life. You're going to get wounded in life. Is that right? How many of you could say amen to that? And what happens is when we go through brokenness, it cripples us. It cripples us, and we talked about in week one about four ways that our brokenness has lasting residual effects in our life. Is First of all, it, it hurts us emotionally. And sometimes we deal with fear, we deal with depression, we deal with anger. We have these emotional problems in our life, and we don't realize that the reason why we struggle so much emotionally is because of some hurt, some trauma, some experience we had back there that's still having lasting effects in our life now. We talk about our brokenness not only affects us emotionally, but it also will affect our character and our behavior. And sometimes we're more prone to sinful behavior. We have dysfunctions in our life. We have, uh, you know, we have uh, flaws in our character. And the reason is because we're just acting out or trying to, or trying to suppress the pain that's really going on inside of us. And then we talked about that our brokenness also cripples our relationships with others. And sometimes we have a tough time getting along with other people. We can't understand why we can't ever build healthy and strong relationships. And sometimes it's because of the residual effects of these experiences that we had somewhere along the way in our life. And then finally, we talked about our brokenness affects ultimately our relationship with God. And some people, they go to church and they they really have a heart to get close to God. And they want to get close to God, but somehow they keep coming up short. They seem to can't get as close to God as they really want to. And sometimes it's because of uh, of the residual effects of their brokenness. And so here's what we need to be reminded of. It's impossible to get through life without being broken. And everybody in this room has some level of brokenness. And our brokenness has long and lasting effects on our life, often leaving us crippled in life. And so what we need to be reminded of is the more healing we receive, the more liberating and fulfilling life will be. The more healing we receive, the more liberating and fulfilling life will be. Because in our brokenness, brokenness always short-circuits the blessings of God in our life. See, the problem with our brokenness, it hinders us professionally. It hinders us economically. It hinders us relationally. It hinders us in every area of our life. And so the more healing we can receive, the greater our ability to get, to get and experience a blessed, a liberating, and a fulfilling life. Amen? Are y'all still tracking with me? And so listen, just as our brokenness negatively affects our life, experiencing the Lord's healing increases our sense of freedom, contentment, and fulfillment. Come on, how many of you can relate to that, man? When God comes in and touches your heart and touches your life, it's liberating, it's freeing, and you can enjoy the blessings of it everywhere you go. Amen. That's the blessing, yeah. 
And so listen, Jeremiah 33, 6 says, But then I will bring health and healing to the people there. I will heal them and let them enjoy great peace and safety. The more we get healed from our brokenness, the more freedom we'll enjoy and more fulfilling our life will be. So how does the Lord heal us of our brokenness? Well, in week two, we talked about we get healed by exposing the lies that we believed about ourselves, about others, or about God. You know, every time we get broken, a lot of times we receive a message. We don't even know we received the message, but this message has power in our life. And this message makes us believe things about ourselves that is not biblical and it's not true. These, these lies that we believe make us sometimes believe lies about others that is most of the time not true and not right. And sometimes the, the lies that we believe through our brokenness ultimately gets us believing things about God that is wrong. And so the more truth we know, the more liberated we are and the more free we are. Amen. You know, I told you that story about, I don't know, I, I forget the time frame, but uh, a number of years ago, I, I did a funeral in Erath and it was a tragic funeral. And it was some, some personal friends of mine that they only had one daughter and, and she died. She overdosed. It was a hard funeral to do. And so I talked to him about about the reason why we could grieve and we were so, uh, we had so much pain is because the Lord had blessed us with, with this young lady that, that she could be in our lives. And after the service, this lady came up and she said she had been bitter at God for almost 50 years because she had lost a son whenever he was a teenager and she had held it against God for all those years and she, she missed out on a life of fellowship with Jesus because of a lie that she believed. Now, come on, that'd be terrible for us to be held by lies like that. Amen? And so in week two, we talked about exposing those lies. In week three, which Pastor Brandon preached last week, and we talked about recognizing and fighting our spiritual, or fighting our battles spiritually. Sometimes we fight our battles on the natural front, when in reality, our battle is really a spiritual battle. Amen? And Pastor Brandon talked about how deep wounds and traumatic experiences can open the door to demonic influence and oppression over our lives. And so when we learn how to do warfare, we can get freer and we can enjoy more freedom. Amen? Because sometimes healing only comes through God's deliverance when he breaks something, some bondage or some stronghold off of our life. Amen? And listen, you know, the blessing of being in church And knowing Jesus Christ is we have the liberty and we have the possibility of receiving deliverance. Amen? Because Jesus died on the cross so he could deliver us from oppression and he could deliver us from imprisonment. Amen? And then today we're going to talk about a third key to getting healed of our brokenness, which I believe is utmost importance and it's growing deeper in our relationship with Christ. You know, I, I believe nothing is more important than our relationship with Christ and our healing. And, and, and what we're talking about here is not, you know, a casual relationship with Jesus. We're not talking about being a good churchgoer. Because you can be a good churchgoer all your life and never receive any healing in your life. Healing comes whenever you go deep with Jesus. Whenever you develop a deep relationship with Jesus. You see, the good news is that we all get to go to heaven, whether we're deep or we're shallow. 
as long as we put our faith in Jesus Christ. The bad news is we're not going to receive everything Jesus wants us to receive as long as we stay shallow with Jesus. Come on, we need to go deep. Amen? And Luke 10 illustrates the, illustrates the importance of this truth. In Luke 10, 38, as Jesus and the disciples continued on their way to Jerusalem, they came to a certain village where a woman named Martha welcomed them into her home. Her sister Mary sat at the Lord's feet, listening to what he taught. But Martha was distracted by the big dinner she was preparing. And she came to Jesus and said, Lord, doesn't it seem unfair to you that my sister just sits here while I do all the work? Tell her to come and help me. But the Lord said to her, my dear Martha, you are worried and upset over all these details. There is only one thing worth being concerned about. And Mary has discovered it and it will not be taken away from her. Now, this story gives us some insight into how to grow deeper in our relationship with Jesus and how not to grow deeper in our relationship with Jesus. Amen. I just heard somebody say, yeah, the way that you don't grow deeper with Jesus is cooking meals. Well, that's not the point of what the story is about, right? So how do you grow deep in your relationship with Christ? Well, growing deeper spiritually, how many of you know, doesn't just happen automatically. It, it doesn't happen through ice, uh, uh, osmosis. Thank you, sir. Osmosis. You know, First Timothy 4, 7 says this. But have nothing to do with worldly fables fit only for old women. But on the other hand, discipline yourself for the purpose of godliness. How many of you know it takes personal focus and personal discipline to grow deep in your relationship with God? You know, listen, anything of value, you got to put effort into it if you want to get something out of it. Amen? And so, you know, it's the same way with our life spiritually. The more we put in, the more we'll get out. And what I want to encourage you today is to make, is to be, is to be determined to put the effort in in your walk with God because the benefits that you're going to receive on the other side are going to far outweigh the pain and the suffering of, of the discipline of going into it. Amen. And so there are four keys to deepening your relationship with Christ. Uh, there are probably a hundred keys. We're going to talk about four today. Okay. And we're talking about not just being surface with Jesus. And you know, listen. You know, if I if I asked you, do you know President Obama? You know, you would say, yeah, I, I know of him. Well, how how well do you know him? Well, I don't know him that well. But if I asked you, how many of you know Pastor Kelly? Some of you would say, well, I know Pastor Kelly a whole lot more than I know our president. Because I've talked to him. I've spent time with him. My relationship with Pastor Kelly is a lot deeper than my relationship with the President of the United States. You see, some of us know the Lord like the President. But God wants us to know the Lord like Pastor Kelly. He wants us to have an intimate, a deep, and a strong relationship with Him. Amen? So how do you get there? Here's some keys to deepening your relationship. Number one is time alone in His presence. Time alone. How many of you know... Jesus' presence is in this earth. His presence is in this room. Amen? And as I heard somebody say, the, power, the problem is not the absence of God's presence, it's the awareness of God's presence. And Jesus said to Martha, 
There is one thing worth being concerned about. And Mary discovered it. What did she discover? Sitting at the feet of Jesus. And that's what the point he's trying to make. This is a picture of so many of us. You know, we're like, we're like Mary. We're so busy serving God that we don't have time to sit at his feet. We're so busy preoccupied with everything in life that we're just pre, we preoccupied out of the presence of God. And what God is telling us here is that we need to take the time. Most of us are worried and distracted with all the details of life that's robbing us of experiencing the presence of God. You know, in the Old Testament temple, remember, there were three courts. There were three rooms. There was the outer court, the inner court, and the Holy of Holies. And, and people came into the outer court. They came into the inner court. But the Holy of Holies, where the presence of God was, only the high priest could come in there, and he could only come once a year whenever he made sacrifice for the atonement of the people. But when Jesus died on the cross, the Bible tells us the first thing that happened was the veil of the temple was rent from top to bottom. And what that says to us is that no longer do we have to stay outside of the presence of God. Every one of us have the ability and the gift and the privilege of enjoying the presence of God. Amen? Now listen, experience in the presence of God comes through quietness and solitude. You know, you don't enjoy the presence of God on the freeway. In Matthew chapter 6 and verse 6, Jesus teaching about prayer, he said this, but you, when you pray, go into your inner room, close your door and pray to your father who is in secret and your father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. Go into your inner room. I think the, the picture of prayer Jesus is painting here is a place of solitude. It's a place of quietness. And to experience the presence of God, we got to get to the place where we, we're free from noise and distraction. Are y'all still with me yet? You know, I was thinking about this. Kelly, would you hand me my phone right there, somewhere right there? I believe that this is the presence of God robber of the 21st century right here. Amen. Come on, y'all give me a better amen than that. Amen. Now, listen, I'm telling you, this thing has robbed me of more time in the presence of God. I mean, in fact, just thinking about it right now, I wonder if it would survive if I just threw it against the wall. <laughs> Besides, I pro my life would probably be quieter and less distraction if I did, right? But, you know, isn't it true? Listen, I, I was thinking about this. You know what we need to fast is not food, is this phone. I mean, I think, man, it would be great for us to go on a 40-day fast. Amen? Come on, somebody said, you better quit meddling. <laughs> Amen. Come on, help me preach this morning. Amen? But listen, what I'm saying is that we have to find, we have to find a place where we can get alone with God. That's quiet. That's still. See, you know, it's not the problem with God's presence being there. The problem is our awareness of the presence of God. Amen? Experiencing the presence of God comes through stillness and waiting. 
Listen what the psalmist said, Psalm 46.10. Be still and know that I am God. Be still. You know, I was, me and one of the pastors were talking about this, and it's like, man, you say, okay, be still. Everything starts itching. No, be still. We tell our children, be still. Be still, I said. And the Lord, I think, is telling us, be still. Be still, I said. Be still and know that I am God. And I think the Lord is telling us, man, come on. Stop the madness. And just be still for a moment. And let's you and I fellowship. Come on. Are y'all receiving this this morning? Listen to this, Psalm 130, verse 5. I wait for the Lord. My soul waits. And in his word, I put my hope. My soul waits for the Lord more than a watchman waiting for the morning. My soul waits. Waiting on the Lord means to anticipate and expect to experience his presence. Experiencing God comes from learning to be still and to wait patiently before Him and waiting for the dew of His presence to come on you. Amen? But come on, we got to take captive those thoughts. And we got to focus them on Jesus. Come on, some of us are spiritually ADD. Are y'all with me out there? That's tweetable right there. The more we seek silence and solitude and take time to be still, quiet, and wait before God, the more we can experience the presence of God. And here, here's the kicker. Here's the reward. Here's the payoff. And the more healing we'll receive from the wounds in our life. How many of you know whenever the presence of God comes in, your wounds are going to get healed? Amen? A second personal discipline that deepens your relationship with Christ is maintaining an openness to and welcoming the work of the Holy Spirit. Now, isn't this the same thing, being in the presence of God and welcoming the Holy Spirit? Well, you know, sometimes we don't connect the two. Sometimes we live a Holy Spirit-less Christianity. What I mean by that is we forget He exists. Like, you know, the Godhead is two instead of three. But we need to be aware that the Holy Spirit is there. Jesus said in John 16, 7, Nevertheless, I tell you the truth, it is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, my helper will not come to you. But if I depart, I will send him to you. And you know what I found is some people, they have no problem understanding, relating to God the Father. They have no problem relating to and understanding God the Son. But when it comes to God, the Holy Spirit, hmm, the Holy Ghost, that's a little spooky. But come on, how many of you know if you're going to grow relationally with Jesus, you got to be open to the Holy Spirit. Amen. And so intimacy with Christ does not come through our own striving, but through the work and grace of his spirit. Listen to this verse, 2 Corinthians 3.17. Now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord, there is freedom. Remember, the Holy Spirit is God within us. And so listen, we can be still and be quiet, but you know, in some religions, they call that something else. 
See, the difference between being still and being quiet in the Christian circle versus other religious circles is we're opening our heart and our spirit to the Holy Spirit, the presence of God. Amen? And so listen, the, the Holy Spirit is God within us, so the more we open our hearts and surrender to the Holy Spirit, the more we'll experience God's resources to be healed. Because how many of you know all of God's resources are, are wrapped up in the Holy Spirit? The Holy Spirit is the CEO. It's the administrator. When Jesus said, I'm going, but the helper's coming, it's like the multiplier, the multiplier of Jesus. And so when we open our heart to the Holy Spirit, we're open our heart to the resources of heaven. Amen. And so listen to this. It's the Holy Spirit who teaches us the truth we need to know. It's the Holy Spirit who comforts us when our hearts are hurting from brokenness. It's the Holy Spirit who strengthens us when we've been weakened through life's battles. It's the Holy Spirit who empowers us to experience complete life transformation. It's the Holy Spirit who heals and frees us from the residual effects of our broken experiences. Amen? Now, I could give you a verse for every one of these points, but I, I think you believe me, right? Now, listen what Ephesians 5.18 says. Don't be drunk with wine because that will ruin your life. Instead, be filled with the Holy Spirit. Now, we know being filled with the Holy Spirit, it doesn't mean a one-time event, but it's a continuous action that Paul is saying, listen, every day you should desire to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Now, the only way to be filled with the Holy Spirit is to be continuously open and surrender to the Holy Spirit. Amen? Because 1 Thessalonians 5 and verse 19 says, don't quench the Spirit. Now, the word quench means to extinguish, to smother, to suppress, to douse or put out. And it's a picture of extinguishing a fire by dousing it with water. And so Paul is saying, don't douse the Holy Spirit with water. Don't douse the Holy Spirit. Don't extinguish the Holy Spirit. Don't put the Spirit of God's feeling out by your behavior, by your theology, or anything else. Amen? And so what we need to know is by our own actions and choices, we can either quench or increase the Holy Spirit's work in our life. And so the more, more I learn to open up and welcome the Holy Spirit, the more I will begin to experience the Holy Spirit, and ultimately, the more I will experience liberty and healing in my life. You know, there's something about this, y'all, about the Holy Spirit. Whenever you talk about Him, He comes. Whenever you acknowledge Him, He comes. I mean, there's something about being aware of it and experiencing it. There's something about it. And, and I've noticed this over and over in my life. So how do you increase the Holy Spirit's work in your life? Let me just give you a couple of quick suggestions. Number one, acknowledge, everyday acknowledge and welcome the Holy Spirit in your life. When you take the time to, to get in solitude and quietness and stillness, invite the Holy Spirit to come. Amen? Ask the Holy Spirit to come into your life. And then listen, ask Him to identify anything in your life that's out of order, that's quenching Him. And let him point out anything, whether it's a, you know, whether it's unconfessed sin, unbelief, fear, broken relationships. Because how many of you know these things will quench the Spirit of God? And so when we, you know, listen, I can't get in a fight with Tanya and feel the anointing of God on my life. 
Come on, y'all help me preach right here. Amen. I need to get me a stew right here. I can't get in fights and feel the anointing of God in my life. So I've learned the more, the less I fight with Tanya, the more anointing I'll feel in my life. Amen. And you know what I've also learned? The less I fight with you, the more anointing I'll feel in my life. I've learned there's things I can do to enhance the filling of the Spirit, and there's things I can do to quench the Spirit. So I need to learn how to behave properly so I can be filled with the Holy Spirit. And then I encourage you to persistently and consistently ask the Lord, Lord, I need, a, I need an infilling today. And listen, here... This just came to me, but here's a way to know if you need more of an infilling, if you've lost your peace. Come on, if you're you're burdened now with worries, you need more of the Holy Spirit in your life. Come on, if you're getting cantankerous, you need more of the Holy Ghost in your life. Come on, are y'all with me out there? Come on, if the world's out of order and you got an attitude, you need to get still before God and say, God, I need some anointing in my life. Come on, you hearing me today? Come on, that'll help us right there. Amen? Amen. Well, a third personal discipline that helps us deepen our relationship with Christ is making a priority of worship and praising the Lord. You know, as born-again believers, worship and praise should be the preoccupation of our life. And if we're not singing and praising the Lord, we should be playing something somewhere. Amen? Listen, you know, I used to listen to Merle Haggard's there's a tear in my beer or whatever, whoever did that thing. And I'm telling you, that didn't really excite me in life too much. Amen. That made you want to go, just go jump off the bridge. Amen. But listen, when you get a good anointed song playing and the presence of God is on it, I'm ready to go bear hunting with a switch. Come on, are y'all out there? So why would I want to listen to Merle Haggard when I can listen to some anointed presence, uh, spirit of God on worship? Amen. Hebrews 13, 15 says, Through Him let us continually offer up a sacrifice of praise to God. That is the fruit of our lips that give thanks to His name. Why should we worship and praise? Why should it be our preoccupation? Well, because of what happens when we do. Come on, how many of you know there's positive things that happen? Worship and praise ushers me into the presence of God. You know, I'm, I mean... There's something about worship that as soon as you start worshiping God, you could just say, you could just stop, be still for a moment, say, Jesus, I love you. Jesus, I love you. Jesus, I love you. And it's like Jesus was heading out of town and he heard me say that and he said, I'm going here. What they said over there. I'm going to check that out. I'm going to sit down and listen to that. It's not that he's got an ego problem. But he likes to come and support and encourage those who make him first and put their loyalty and allegiance to him. Amen. Come on, y'all out there. So I encourage you, worship the Lord because it ushers you into the presence of God. Psalm 100 verse 4 says, enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and praise his name. Amen. Worship and praise has the potential to unleash the presence of God, and fight back the evil one and transform your life. Worship is warfare. Psalm 8 and 2 says, From the lips of children and infants, you have ordained praise because of your enemies to silence the foe and the avenger. See, praise and worship is like a rocket launcher. 
<laughs> destroying the powers of darkness. Amen. I believe worship and praise sends demonic spirits running. Remember that commercial? What is it? Raid and the roaches went running. Whenever I think about praise and worship, I think of that commercial. And I think whenever somebody begins worshiping and praising God, it's like the demons say, no, no, no. I don't want to hear that. I don't want to hear that. And they run away not to hear the name of Jesus. And I believe when we praise and worship the Lord in the heavens, things happen and demonic spirits are broken and oppression is broken off your life. Amen. In Isaiah, the scripture talks about, oh, sing you barren one. And you who have borne no children, sing aloud unto God. There's something that happens when you praise and you worship the Lord. Something mighty happens on the inside of you. The Spirit of God is released and the powers of darkness are broken. Amen? In Hebrews 13, 15, it says, Through Him let us continually offer up the sacrifice of praise. You know, I believe the most effective time to worship is not when you feel like it, but when you don't feel like it. Amen? You don't wait to feel like worshiping God to worship God. You don't wait for some goosebumps to come on you to worship God. No, continually offer the sacrifice of praise. Amen? So whether my body feels like it or not, that's why the psalmist says, come on, why are you downcast, O my soul? Put your hope in God. Amen? Sometimes we've got to preach to ourselves a little bit and say, no, oh, no, 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 no. I'm not going to let that circumstance rob my praise. I'm here to praise the Lord this morning. Amen. I'm going to praise the Lord. And I believe when you worship God in the darkest time, that's where it's stronger and that's where it has more potential. Amen. When you worship, when you don't feel like it, it truly is a sacrifice of praise. And God always honors and rewards us when we sacrifice ourselves. When we sacrifice how we feel, it's not we're serving him when it feels like it. No, we're going to serve him, period. Amen. And that's what Job said on the darkest day of his life, when he lost all his business, when he lost all his children. You know what he decided to do? To offer up the sacrifice of praise unto God. And this is what he said, Job 1.20. Job stood up and tore his robe in grief. Then he shaved his head, fell to the ground to worship. And he said, I came naked from my mother's womb and I will be naked when I leave. The Lord gave me what I had and the Lord has taken it away. Praise the name of the Lord. And the Bible says in all this, Job did not sin by blaming God. Job chose to worship his God in the darkest night of his life. Amen. And so listen, when, he, when, when, um, when you least feel like worshiping God, that's when you need to do it the most. Because listen, Job grew. Listen to the final commentary of his life at the end of his time of testing. In the end of the book of, the jo of Job, it says this, Job 42.5, Job said, I have heard of you by the hearing of my ear, but now my eyes see you. See, I heard about God. I heard about how good he was. But oh, I experienced him now. Come on, how many of you know an experience with God is what we need? Amen? Job grew spiritually despite the terrible tragedy he went through. Worship allowed him to become better instead of 
bitter. Amen. And then finally, final personal discipline that will help deepen your walk with God is daily fellowshipping with him through his word. Now, listen, this was part of of the secret to Mary's life that Martha hadn't realized yet. Listen what it says in Luke 10, 39. It says of, of Mary, her sister Mary, sat at the Lord's feet, listening to what he taught. Listening to what he taught. So Mary learned the value of sitting at the feet of Jesus, listening and learning what he taught. Now, I think there's a key here. How many of you know you can't grow closer to someone you know nothing about? You can't grow closer to somebody you know nothing about. You can't grow closer to someone you don't spend any time communicating and fellowshipping with. See, so to grow deeper, you got to sit at his feet. In John 1, 1, it says this, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. In verse 14, it says, The Word became flesh and made His dwelling among us. Whenever I read that, you know what I think? The Word is Jesus. The Word is Jesus. So when we sit to read the Word of God, you're really sitting with Jesus. Amen? Think about that. So if you really want to grow deep in your relationship with Christ, you have to spend time reading and studying the Word. You know, we're getting ready to do small groups and have Bible studies and stuff. Listen, you know, everybody's so busy. You ain't got an extra time slot to get into a Bible study. But listen, my friend, I'll tell you the best investment of your time is to get in a Bible study and sit at the feet of Jesus and learn about more of His Word because you're going to go deeper with Jesus. His presence is going to be in your life. His truth is going to set you free and you're going to enjoy a fulfilling, blessed life like never before. Y'all believe this this morning? Come on, I'm telling you. You don't have to read the Bible to go to heaven, but you're going to rob yourself if you don't. Amen? John 8, 31, Jesus said to the people who believed in him, you are truly my disciples if you remain faithful to my teachings. And you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. You got to remain faithful to his teachings. And if you look at this right, I believe this. Every time I sit down to read the Bible, it's like I'm doing just like Mary and sitting at the feet of Jesus. Every time I sit down and I open up my Bible and I begin to read the Scripture, it's like sitting at the feet of Jesus. Now, if I sit down and read my Bible and I do it in a quiet place, it enhances my Bible reading. Amen? If I can sit down and read my Bible and still myself a little bit, it enhances my Bible reading. Because now I'm just not like just reading. What you just read, Todd, I don't know. Some words. I got to read slow to retain. I got to read slow to receive. And then if I invite the Holy Spirit to come, and be a part of my Bible reading, the illuminator, the Holy Spirit, will show me something in a scripture that I can apply right to the circumstance I'm going through in my life. And I could sit at the feet of Jesus one way and get up from my time with Jesus another way, and nobody knows except me and the Lord that my life just got transformed through the power of God. Amen? Come on, stand with me. Let's close in prayer. Come on, how many of you feel like you need to go deeper? 
How many of you feel like you need to go deeper? Listen, if you got a bad attitude, you need to go deeper. If you overworked and overburdened, you need to go deeper. Come on, if you're stressed out and you're afraid, you need to go deeper. Amen? Come on, if, you have, if you're eating off all your fingernails and you can't keep any fingernails, you need to go deeper. Amen? Come on, this is the solution to getting healed. It's going deeper with Jesus. Just do me a favor right now and just close your eyes. Just close your eyes and let's just kind of just put this into motion for a little bit. Let's just get in His presence for a moment. And I want you to just help me. Just welcome the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, you're welcome. Come on, just help me. Just invite the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, you're welcome. Now come on, notice if there's something changing in you when you welcome the Holy Spirit. Notice if there's something changing in you. Are you? Is it head knowledge? Is it lip service? Or are you genuinely saying, I'm open and I'm receiving the Holy Spirit's work in my life? Come on, just invite the Holy Spirit to just come right now. Come on, just invite the love of God to fill your heart right now. Come on, let the love of God just begin to flow in your life. And then whenever you get ready and you start to feel and sense the presence of God, just begin to to respond back to the Lord and just begin to praise Him. Just begin to thank Him. Just begin to worship Him. Come on, saints of God, this should be natural, not unnatural. This should be normal, not abnormal. Come on, let's just invite the Holy Spirit. Invite the presence of God. Come on, let's just begin to fellowship with Him. Come on, say, Lord, come. We need your healing today. Lord, we need your power today. We need your presence today. We need your anointing. Come on, help me. Come on, the more of us invite Him, the more He comes. Lord, we thank You for Your presence here today. God, we welcome You. Come, Holy Spirit. Come, Spirit of God. Come, touch of God. Come, love of God. Come, fill our hearts. Come, flood our lives today. Lord, we need You today. We need to be healed of hurt. We need to be healed of wounds. Lord, we need to be healed of trauma. Lord, we need your love to heal us today. Come, Spirit of God, liberate us from the burdens we're carrying. Liberate us, Lord, from broken relationships, oh God. Come today, Spirit of God. Come, change our attitudes today. Change our hearts. Lord, we don't want to be surface with you. God, we don't want to live, Lord, with lip service, scratching the surface. God, we want to go deep, Lord. We want to grow deep with you, Father. I pray in the name of Jesus that Lord you would break every hindrance Lord and everything holding us back every lie that we believe that has hindered us from coming closer to you Lord I pray that you would pull it down right now Lord there's plenty room at the cross for every one of us and Lord today we come to you and we say Jesus we need you we love you we want you we praise you we magnify you come on cast your cares come on cast off all the worries of life right now. Come on, enter in today. Come on, sit at his feet today and experience. Come on, Jesus said, Martha Mary has chosen the good thing that will not be taken away from her. Father, thank you for the blessing that can't be taken away. Lord, for the provision that can't be taken away today. Father God, we love you today. We honor you today. We worship you today. Praise you, Father God. Praise you, Lord. Praise you, Lord. Praise you, Father God. Praise you, Lord Jesus. Praise you, Father. Praise you, Lord. 
on, just enter in. Come on, listen, if you're uncomfortable right now, that's an indication that you're, that you're just, you're not going deep enough. Come on, if you're uncomfortable with just getting in the presence of God, just come on, just release, relinquish, surrender. Come on, we don't want religion, we want relationship. Praise you, Father God. Praise you, Lord. Praise you, Father God. Praise you, Father. Come on, just right there where you are, just surrender. If you have the liberty and the freedom, just, just open your arms, open your hands, just, just in a posture of receiving, just in a posture of receiving, and just, just release yourself right now. I just have a sense that the Lord is wanting to heal. He's wanting to heal somebody of a betrayal in here today, that you've been, you've been burdened out with a betrayal for a while, and the Lord is saying, I was betrayed for you, so that you didn't have to take this thing of that betrayal. Somebody was abused whenever you were a child and and you were wondering, where was God whenever you were abused? And He was standing right there while you were getting abused. And He's been taking the sting of that abuse off of your life. And the reason why you have your sanity and the reason why you're here at church today is because the Lord has been caring for you. But He says, I'm ready to bring you to a new level of freedom and a new level of liberty and a new level of breakthrough. And I'm wanting to do it through my love and through my grace. And so although you've had problems trusting, open your heart, open up your life. Don't let distrust rob you and keep you from my presence and my provision. Father, I pray in the name of Jesus that, Lord, you would break all distrust, Lord, off of your people today. And there would be, Lord, just a greater trust and just a reliability on the Lord than ever before. Lord, I pray, give us a miracle today. Lord, let fear be broken, God. In the name of Jesus, let healing be released and let lives be transformed and changed right now. In the mighty and the strong name of Jesus, I pray. And everybody that agreed said amen. And amen and amen. Amen.